Now, here we go. Hello. Whoa. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Scientifically Speaking, Cornell University's educational science talk show. I'm your host, Dave, and joining me are my co-hosts, Zach and Shane. Say hi, guys. Hi. Hey. So, Shane, want to give an explanation of how the show works? Yeah, so real quick, um, this has to be all of your first time listening to the show because it's the first time the show's ever been here. If anyone is even listening. <laughs> it's okay. We have listeners, I promise. Um so the way this is going to work is that every week we're going to pick a topic of scientific interest to us in the Cornell community, um, and we're going to have one of us, that's me, and this, this week it's Zach, um, is going to be the layman. The other two are going to do research before the show. So the I, third person essentially just has no idea what the hell's going on. Well, exactly. actually, I did a little bit of field research last oh night. Oh, my God. <laughs> so <laughs> to put that in context, we're talking about this week is alcohol. Booze, um, bruise, liquid courage, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. The devil's juice. <laughs> that too. Um, so <laughs> without further ado, because we definitely don't need any, Dave, why don't you start us off with what we're going to be talking about today? So today we're going to be talking about alcohol. We're going to be talking about how it works, what it does to your body, the best way to enjoy it, and all sorts of myths and misconceptions about it. So... Shane, why don't you start us off with how exactly, when you take a sip of alcohol, what happens? You grab a beer at a frat party, you open it up, you sure. pour yourself a keystone, so, what happens? So assuming you consume alcohol with your mouth. <laughs> that which, is an important distinction. Which is an and we'll get to, in fact. Yeah, that's an important assumption. Um, so assuming that's the case, the first thing that happens is it makes its way through your digestive tract into your stomach. Um, there, it encounters a few enzymes that start to break it down. Um, uh, one of these is called alcohol dehydrogenase, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. Um, and eventually, it'll work its way into your bloodstream through the lining of your stomach and your intestines. Um, and in your bloodstream, start affecting your brain uh, basically from the outside in. Um, do you want to talk about sort of what that means, Dave? Well, okay, the way your brain works is that you have these nerves that connect to each other, and the way they do this is by sending chemical signals to each other. And when these chemical signals reach another neuron, they stimulate it to do something. So this is how your muscles work, this is how your brain does all sorts of things. But alcohol is an inhibitor. What it does is it, it binds to your neurotransmitters and stops them from being able to process as efficiently and as well so you get sluggish and slow and your reaction times lower and all and sorts it gets of other really symptoms. hard to sit down for some people they just completely is, lose the ability to sit down is that I'm a thing sure. is that a thing that happens i'm pretty what? sure it's on the list of like things that alcohol <laughs> does to you it's it's under loss of motor control but i think it should be a separate category you just lose the ability to it's just sit an entire other category you can't sit down if you're drunk apparently if you're really drunk Zach. well anyway so first things first ethanol can be imbibed in a number of ways. Beer, wine, liquor, all that good stuff. So, one beer, one full 12 ounce, 12 fluid ounce beer is equal to five ounces. One cup of wine is equal to one and a half ounces of liquor. So, a shot is equal to a beer is equal to a glass of wine. So, that counts as one standard drink. Hopefully, everyone knows that. I think we learned that. In we like, had to take what, that stupid test freshman <laughs> year about yeah. like your alcohol consumption thing that everybody lied on. There is something important to note there, though. Um, actually, my friend last night grabbed a six pack and looked at it and was like, "Hey, you know, it doesn't say on here like 
the alcohol content of this beer, right? And you'd think like, oh, well, it's probably some standardized, like all beer is some amount. It's actually really not. Um, beer can have anything from I think four percent to six to eight percent alcohol. I've it, had like I've had like pretty significantly high percentage. It's gross. It's weird. <laughs> it's like not beer at that right. point. There's actually a beer that's like counted as like the number one highest alcohol content, and it's like heard some ridiculously high proof. And, and, and it's here's beer. the thing. Here's so the thing. Is like if you have the difference between four I mean, like percent and eight percent. That that's twice as much. <laughs> if you're drinking, if you're drinking, I mean, it is literally the equivalent of drinking two four percent beers. If so you have an eight percent beer, what's the alcohol percentage on that standard twelve fluid ounce drink? Is that five percent? Five or six percent. Okay, it's five standard to six, beer, right? So either you're you're getting getting cheated out of some alcohol, or you're <laughs> just getting some extra. That's true. So let's go into how what happens when your brain gets slowed down, and what happens when alcohol actually gets into your brain. So one of the first things that happens is it depresses your behavioral center. What that means is that your brain tells you how to act in certain situations, but when you're drunk, you start to lose these inhibitions that you have. So you're more confident, you're more talkative, you're prone to doing things that you probably wouldn't normally. Liquid courage, is, that's why it's called that. Um, it also slows down the ability you have to process information which means that your reaction times are slower. So don't drink and drive, kids. <laughs> Stay in school. Don't drink and drive. Um, so one of my favorites, actually, is when it affects the limbic system. The limbic system of your brain is just the emotional center of your brain. So when you're drunk, it inhibits this whole system. And so what you get is these crazy exaggerated emotions. It's why you you know get drunk and then call your friends at 2 a.m. going, I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Do you do that? Oh, Dave does that. Oh, yeah. he does. He does. I, I'm just an agreeable everyone drunk. Does That's that. no, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't well, know. everyone some, does some. Some, some people get that. angry. That's yeah. Some people are angry drunks, which again can be attributed to this exaggerated it's not a emotional consistent state. emotional response. Yeah. So it's just yeah. any emotion you have, it just it, essentially. So that's like a tricky one too, sad, though. You're pretty sad. That's a tricky one too, though, because it's not necessarily like, oh, you're experiencing some emotion that you would rationally experience otherwise, and now you're experiencing more of it. It actually causes you to experience emotions that you might not otherwise experience, given a certain situation you're right. in. Right. Okay. Exactly. Because the fir the thing that gets affected prior to that is your judgment center, right? So cognitively. Your ability to sort of like look at a situation, assess what's going on, and figure out what your rational response would be is the first thing that goes away. Well, that's fun. Emotion is later. So by the time you by the time you're having exaggerated emo emotional responses, you're already at the point where you can't rationally assess what emotion you should be experiencing anyway. I'm so <laughs> angry, but why am I angry? <laughs> I don't care. A lot of times, so if you've experienced, so like like I have, I have lots of experience being sober around drunk people. Yeah, um, I thought you were gonna go somewhere. I thought you were gonna say I have a lot of experience being drunk, and I was no, very none of that. Very surprised. Um, but so so something that's like pretty amusing to note is people have these very very strong reactions, sometimes even positive ones. That make literally no sense. Such as <laughs> like, examples. So, so a great example, really typical one is two people, very drunk, meet each other. One of them says something completely arbitrary. The other one decides they really like that. <laughs> Not only do they really like it, this person is literally their new best friend. Oh, yes. Because of that one thing that they said. No, but no, it's that bonding, allows though. you. 
Okay, I'm ju- all I'm saying is that <laughs> in, in a sober state, you might not even enjoy the statement that the person made. But for some reason, because of your ability, your, your loss of ability to rationalize how much you appreciate that statement, all of a sudden you had a positive reaction and it's a really freaking positive reaction. You like absolutely love them now because of this completely arbitrary statement that they made. And that can go in the other direction too, right? We Certainly. Never, yeah, that's... Yes. I mean, how many fights have been started by like, yo, are, are you looking at me, man? <laughs> what? Hey, dude, your shoe's untied. <laughs> Screw you! <laughs> yeah. Great. All right, what's next on the... What, what, do we, what, are you, what do you want to hear about, Zach? What do I want to hear about? We got let the me, layman over here needs to... Let needs me pull up my list of questions. Well, I got a, I got a good one on... All right, well, so how accurate is that, you know, one hour per drink rule? Everyone's always like, oh, it takes one hour to process alcohol. Mm-hmm. Is That varies between people, right? That's, there's Certainly. no way that's a hard and fast so number. I actually, actually did a, a like anecdotal test just for curiosity's sake. Um, and uh, a friend and I... They, they had had like four drinks and we just started counting, seeing how long it was. The four drinks were within like an hour. We just decided to see how long it would take for them to get to a point where now, all right, I'm, I'm certainly not drunk anymore. Right. Like obviously there could be a, a there's going to be some a little bit of, of a time. window that you're there's some period of time. Where you're not a hundred percent sure. Like mm, obviously yeah. exactly that. But at the point where like, all right, I'm a hundred percent sure if that had been significantly more than, four hours ish from when they stopped drinking then certainly it was not just an hour right per drink. right 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 um it ended up being an average of like an hour and 20 minutes wow per drink and so i sort of looked into it because that seemed curious right of course so the hour a drink is an average and it's a relatively reliable one most people don't vary more than 15 or 20 minutes from that hour a drink still but, that's a significant amount if of you've time you've had <laughs> six drinks the 15 minutes per drink extra that you have is a huge That's a whole difference. 90 minutes it's, there that's for a, you math majors out there. Wow, you're not even an engineer. You're a bio guy. I was, like, I was like, I could do the math to figure this out. Nah, I'm just going to let someone else figure it out. I, I did not expect good. that. Yeah, it was yeah. good. Good job, Dave. I'm really proud of you. I'm, I'm really glad you guys um, are proud of me. I think it's so, probably the greatest accomplishment of <laughs> I'm really um, good at algebra. But yeah, so so that's like that's a really interesting thing, right? Now you've got an extra hour and a half before you can... Can conceivably have that like now other drink to bring you back up to the place where you were before, um, which is something else to note. Not to like totally steal the mic over here, but I have another interesting story. Oh, here we go. Um, <laughs> it's already starting. Down. Just so, go, go, go. So, uh, so something else to note is that, um, yeah, it's fine. Something important um, is say you know you know you're fine at four drinks. In fact or six drinks or 10 drinks, whatever the point where you feel like absolutely great at is, right? <laughs> Wonderful. So if you know, if you know how long it takes for you to digest a single drink and you get to that point, maybe over the course of two hours, you're like, all right, so like I know it takes me 55 minutes to like digest a drink, right? It's roughly an hour. We can just assume it's an hour. So if you want to stay at that point, my suggestion to you is have a drink an hour. Oh. And you will digest exactly the one drink every yep. hour. You got to be careful, though. If you drink too slowly, other people might drink all the alcohol before you do. You wait an hour and, like, all the captain's gone. And you're yeah. Like, oh, shit. Someone just emptied the keg and you're, you're screwed. <laughs> you had your I, chance and you blew it. You know, I don't have a response to that. Anyway, <laughs> well, let's, well, let's go back to our, let's go back to our friendly couple who, who just met each other. He said something really... Really asinine, and <laughs> she fell in love with him, and so they go back. This is 
kids out uh, there go back wanna, where back in time back, <laughs> we're going back back to somebody's somebody's, somebody's house somebody's room or something okay else. okay so now we go into what happens when alcohol gets to your hypothalamus and pituitary gland the centers that control those? sexual behavior and arousal nice. so what happens in people who are drunk is that this is this is a quote from how stuff works is that Sexual behavior increases, but sexual performance declines. So whiskey dick is actually a real thing. Not surprised about that. <laughs> you say that as if... <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Zach, have a story to tell. I have friends who have stories. Okay. Friends. Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Right. No, no. Let's let's hear one of these friends' stories. I don't stories. remember it. Oh, well, it's that's... some guy. Something. Anyway, so this is an interesting thing for a few reasons, right? Um, obviously, it's a really unfortunate and slightly ironic thing. Uh, how did yeah, you describe like, it earlier? You you want to hump everything in sight, but you're really bad at it. <laughs> you just keep missing. <laughs> so I don't know. It's it's more like it's more like trying to like hit somebody with a rotten banana. It just, you just, it's not going to happen. You can't do anything. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? A rotten banana is like like mushy and like it doesn't, it's not really. Oh, so you're like. Ah, okay. Uh, it's, so you like can your hit penis is a rotten it's, banana. It's, it's like oh, a no. half erection <laughs> analogy. Yes. <laughs> I understand. Okay. Um, I thought it was terrible. a good analogy. Uh, anyway, so the, another interesting thing here is that not only do it, does, does alcohol affect uh, these parts of your brain, it's also, it's also a blood thinner. Um. Which does not contribute largely to putting large quantities of blood in one part of you. Actually, something interesting is uh, people frequently consume alcohol to warm up. Yeah, think, oh, yeah, it's real cold out. If I have a couple beers, I'll be fine. Right? The beer jacket. Yeah, right. So there's, <laughs> there's a few. There's a few reasons for that. The first is obviously um, you're less perceptive when you're drunk, so you just won't notice. Um, I'm not cold. An interesting one. An interesting one also is the fact that. Uh, because of this blood thinning effect, your your limb, your uh, fingers and your toes, your hands, they get real warm. Oh. The rest of you gets cold. Well, that's not good. Which is a really unfortunate. So it's a really deceptive. Like, oh, it doesn't yeah, my, actually make my you hands warmer. and feet are warmer, right? Because they have more blood in them. But um, your core temperature drops slightly. It's actually really a bad idea to yeah. consume alcohol to warm up. So, so don't take your beer jacket out on those right. cold Ithaca yeah. winter well, so nights. You, there's all those girls, man, heading back from a mixer. Props wearing, like, to all those girls wearing I nothing. Do it. It's you know nothing I mean, but a like, North Face, and it's, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like North Face and pumps. And we live in Ithaca. It is literally negative ten sometimes. And they don't have pants or a jacket on. It's like astounding. That is just just asking it's for horrible. just a lot of. Things. I just feel so bad. It's just gonna be so cold. And you're gonna yeah. fall, and you're gonna land in snow because and then there's snow then your everywhere. Then your frozen hand, which has frostbite, is gonna shatter <laughs> I don't everywhere. I've tried to walk in heels, but it's it's really hard. Yeah, have you, you've done that a few times. Uh, drag is like a hobby of mine. Um, yeah, no, a it's little. not. You're just making that up. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, no. You know, we can check on this. We'll check out his closet when we get back to the house. All right. That's good. He's got some. Yeah, we all live together. Yeah. So you can just check it out then. Can we go back to the so the one hour per drink thing? Right. Sure. It varies. What does that vary based on? What kind of things affect Ooh. that? Well, the guess would be metabolism. Think about it. Bigger people, um, you can. Some people have higher, slower metabolisms. Some people can uh, handle more alcohol just because they have more blood right. in well, so them. What, so, so the amount of time it takes you to no longer feel the effects of a drink is going to be directly related to the amount of time 
that it takes you um, to like filter all of the alcohol out of your bloodstream. Okay. Um, so that's something done by your liver. All right. Right. Uh, so actually, metabolism I don't think would have that big of an effect. Uh, likely because, um, although, well, okay, this is something, oh, this will be a good segue into our next thing. The reason I don't think metabolism would have a direct effect on this is because metabolism only affects how long it takes to get into your bloodstream. You don't feel the effects until it's already there. Um, now that being said, there are a few things about, uh, how, how alcohol enters your bloodstream from your digestive tract that could have some sort of effect on this. Such as? Such as, so I mentioned earlier the enzyme ADH. Right. Alcohol dehydrogenase. There's a um, pop quiz at the end. You better remember that. <laughs> um, this, the pop quiz is only for Zach listeners, by oh, the way. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, you didn't so, know what you signed up for. Yeah. So, um, so like I was saying, so ADH uh, is an enzyme that breaks down alcohol in your stomach before it gets into your bloodstream. Um, notably, females have half as much on average. Ooh. Which is an important thing to note. So there's a lot of reasons that are given for why um, females can get more drunk on less alcohol. Uh, of course, a simple one is the average height and size of a female <laughs> is significantly smaller than that of a male, which is important because generally they have lower metabolisms. Um, they have like a smaller blood volume, so the concentration of alcohol is going to be larger. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they, you know, frequently... I don't remember actually the reasoning why, but a, sl- a, high, a higher fat content actually contributes contributes to the amount of drunk you get. In which direction? Uh, m- like more fat, more drunk. More, okay. M- more muscle, less drunk. That's curious. I agree. Um, that might be directly related to metabolism, though. Okay. That. Um, and the other thing, though, that's not frequently accounted for is this notion of having significantly less ADH in your stomach. Um, so if you have less ADH in your stomach, more alcohol will make it from each drink into you. Because what essentially happened is that ADH is supposed to break down alcohol as it comes in. So you're but saying if you that have less of it, then more, if you have less of it, less alcohol is being broken down, more alcohol is being routed directly to your brain. Okay. So, so, so you drink a beer, right? And the alcohol goes in your stomach and as it's on its way there and when it's there, this enzyme breaks it down before it even enters your bloodstream. Correct. So yes. you're drinking, say, you know, a shot worth of alcohol, like one point five ounces. Say it's pure alcohol, um, not all straight that straight ethanol. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. Preservative. You know, never clear. Like, whatever. Yeah. Okay. So, um, it, not all that makes it in your bloodstream. No, certainly not. Okay. Yeah. That's um, interesting. Except in a few cases, there there are very small number of people with uh, with um, gene mutations that basically cause ADH to not work at all. Oh, it's like the X-Men, except <laughs> your superpowers getting <laughs> drunk real fast. That'd be the worst yeah. X-Men. Potentially, Actually, that'd be the best X-Men. Potentially, lethally. That's like the opposite of a few of them, though, right? Like, Wolverine can't get drunk. Yeah, well, he can, but it's really hard because he processes it so all fast. All right, all right, you nerds. Let's oh, shut up. Captain America literally can't. Really? Yeah, for the same reason. But I thought he just didn't better. drink because he's like Mr. Superhero no, dude, America a, moral. He's a symbol of America. Of course, he's gonna get shit faced. <laughs> I mean, that's what you would hope. But I like. I feel like he's a you know one of those nice fellas who doesn't name a do much. Name president who's not an alcoholic. I can't. Good do, luck. I can barely name any president. But he's uh no, but yeah, but he's he's a nice good American from the 1940s. Oh, that's yeah. a good point. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Oh, so there was another point to be made about ADH. Um, this is sort of an interesting thing. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of um, Asian glow. Here we go. This is, which is, 
pretty this am- is really pretty amusing right so um asian glow is actually not just about about having like you know a red face when you drink alcohol it's actually it can be sort of irritating for a lot of people it's it's actually it's like a um a flush that involves slight inflammation of the blood vessels Ooh. so you get a little bit of a rash basically you get kind of uncomfortable and itchy um that's terrible and yeah and it's it's generally not that big of a deal because you're also drunk so you might not notice it as much it depends there's obviously but also like your pain tolerance is lower so if you start itching yourself and you're drunk you're just like ah, yeah just scratching all so over um so <laughs> there's an interesting reason for it um so basically i was i was talking about mutations of the adh producing gene um there's one mutation of such gene that causes it is and it's present in 80 percent of asians um that causes an overproduction. so i should specify adh when it breaks down alcohol has a toxic byproduct called i wrote it down what was it um, acetaldehyde yeah that's called right. acetaldehyde um acetaldehyde is bad for you um, Zach, that's question number two. We were hoping uh, you're attention. I can't remember <laughs> words like that. Yeah. So, uh, and generally when you break down alcohol, most of the acetaldehyde just goes, continues down your digestive tract. You pee it out. It's not a big deal. Um, but if you produce a ton of it, say 40 to 100 times as much, which is what happens to people who have this gene mutation. Damn. Yeah. 40 to 100 times as much acetaldehyde. It comes into your bloodstream with the alcohol um and as a result your blood vessels get inflamed because they're like wow there's poison in here what are you doing to me um and so you get a rash it actually doesn't just cover their face it frequently goes across their entire torso as well um it's really unpleasant it's like a sort of unfortunate thing pretty pretty awful yeah i would assume i mean like and i'm sure it's not i mean it's like a tolerable thing only happens when you're like mildly drunk but like is that the extent of it just that's it that's that's as bad as it it doesn't do yeah i've got a friend happens to be asian and uh (laughs) she gets shooting pains when she drinks sometimes interesting where you might want to get that checked out yeah Yeah, well uh i don't know any more details than that okay i don't know if it's more happened more than once i mean it certainly could be related i would i would expect it not to be all right i'll ask her um, but that, that would be an interesting thing we'll um we are not doctors so oh god yeah don't no. take our advice if you have some sort of problem please don't consult this show talk because no, that would well, make you an idiot i mean you can consult, consult the show, show about like but just don't take our answer also talk, get a second <laughs> talk opinion to your doctor yeah, please talk, talk to your doctor. doctor if you're experiencing shooting pain <laughs> from drinking i can only imagine that you're drinking like actually everclear is pretty bad yeah yeah i could see that's i don't know it's awful Anyway, I'm going to take your word for it. So <laughs> after the uh, acetaldehyde, that just goes, what if you like don't go to the bathroom for a really long time? Does that build up? Does that matter? It's nothing? not in a harmful Good place. luck. Okay. It's also an Alcohol is a diuretic, yeah. which makes, makes you pee yeah, a I'm lot. I'm very aware okay. of that. Okay. So, so, so two things. One, we should explain what a diuretic is, is after I finish yes. the sentence. Um, the second thing is uh, the sentence that he's so, gonna finish. So notice, yeah, haha. Um, so notice that, like, in order for there to be a slight inflammatory reaction, you need a hundred times the the like normal amount of acetaldehyde like in, in your, your system. Bloodstream. Exactly. So the amount that the average person consumes or creates is like pretty much negligible. It's not great for you, and it's part of the reason that we have hangovers, which is something we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, but in general, it won't have any serious side effects. Um, let's explain diuretics. Yes. Do you want to do? You want me to do that? Just yeah. go for it. Okay. So some noise. cool sounds. Um, so diuretics. Sounds. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> so so a diuretic uh, actually I actually had to do some research on this because a lot of misinformation going around. Yes. Um, it's kind of hard to tell. Basically, on a really simple level, it makes you pee more. Um, it does this in two ways. Uh, one of the ways is any water that you consume while your body is intoxicated with a diuretic um, has a really, really hard time of making it anywhere other than your bladder, uh, which <laughs> means which is which is something interesting because. Um, Let's have an interesting counter. Every time Shane says the word interesting, we give a little tally. <laughs> and then at the end of the show, we can have... Dude, we're talking about it. science shit. Of course everything's interesting. I mean, you're right. Oh, God, another yeah. one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that one counts. It was, it was a meta-interesting comment. That anyway. was a meta-meta-interesting comment. All right. Diuretics. <laughs> so, Back um, to peeing. Right. So there's two ways it does this. I said the first one is that it stops water from getting into your bloodstream. The other way is it actually absorbs water... Out of your organs, oh, which is real unfortunate. Um, and so, as a result, a lot of the water that was supposed to go places and help you do things is in the toilet bowl, oh, which is not, not doing you really any good. Especially because a lot of the problems caused by alcohol end up being related to dehydration. Right. Yeah, so we'll get to that later, I guess. Yeah. I assume. Actually, you know, let's, uh, do you let's, do that now? let's go to, we have a question that was posted on uh, our Facebook page. Yeah, this is perfect. Everyone should go find. Yeah, also everyone listening. Feel free to check out our Facebook page and our Twitter account and, yo, like post questions, tweet questions, comments. We might get an Instagram too. I'm not really sure how that'll help We're us. We're not but getting an Instagram. We should kind of get an Instagram. We could just, funny. I'll just post a lot of pictures of like Zach doing inane shit around the house. Oh, dude, that'd, that'd be, be awesome. I think you would enjoy that. <laughs> I would enjoy that. I would enjoy it. That's that yeah, right. at least two. Great. So then anyway. we'll do that. So question posted by Kelly Frank, which is my mom. Uh, what is the best cure for a hangover? And don't say don't drink in the first place. Well, That's unfortunate. unfortunately, I have a question and don't tell me the answer. <laughs> fortunately, mom, the best cure for a hangover is that there isn't one. By the time you are, you wake up from your drunken adventures, you wake up the next day, you got a pounding headache, you're really thirsty, you feel like shit. It's too late for you. You're, you suffer through it. Try to drink some water. Well, but uh, that's so about it. In my personal experience, if I like have a lingering headache and I kind of feel like crap the next morning, if I go for a run, which I haven't done in like years. That sounds least. terrible. That sounds <laughs> no. like literally See? the worst no, possible but thing. Hold on. Go I, ahead. I come back from the run and I feel fine. Right. So what's up with that? Your body that's went into shock because it hates you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not what happens. <laughs> um, so, so what does happen is... Um, Something interesting about exercise, particularly cardio, uh, is that you have a release of endorphins, and you get what are, some. What are endorphins? So I know endorphins what are, like. are brain chemicals, and essentially they're little happy chemicals. And when they're released into your brain, it makes you feel good. It's a pleasurable sensation. Name so, some people might be familiar with the names. Uh, endorphins in general. What do you mean? Like, Aren't there like? Oh wait, I might be thinking of someone else. I think you are. Um, Dang it! Endorphins are released when you um, have sex, eat chocolate, drink beer, all three at the same time. (laughs) Um, Whatever floats (laughs) your boat, really. Um, It's a it's a reward thing. Um, But anyway, so the point is, chocolate, sex, and beer is a reward. No endorphins are. Okay, I mean all those things sound like a reward to me. It sounds like things you should be rewarded for, which Um. is why endorphins 
are a thing. Um, anyway, so you get those from exercising. Um, you also have <laughs> Zach just I figured sorry. something I out. Was, no, I, I didn't excited. figure anything out. I just went on Wikipedia and looked up endorphins. Yeah. And uh, apparently the reason the word endorphins exists is because it stands for endogenous morphine. It is literally oh, morphine yes. being released yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. inside it's, of it's, your body. That's amazing. It's, it's a painkiller. Yes. And it's really interesting. Endorphin. So that pretty much weird. answers your question in and of itself. There are yeah, a few other no, reasons. But basically right. that's the answer is whenever you have a release of endorphins, things that hurt hurt less, which is actually an interesting thing is when I just said interesting again. Um, so oh, like he's going he's to tell you for himself. I, you know, now I'm conscious of it and I feel uncomfortable. Um, you I'm didn't sure feel my, uncomfortable. My, you're doing this wrong. Um, eh. um, <laughs> so anyway, when you run and you exercise, endorphins yes. are released, and these right. sort of painkilling chemicals are going through your bloodstream, saying you don't feel like shit. You also have an you're increased, fine. You also have an increased heart rate, um, and your blood vessels dilate a bit, which is like good for dehydration because it continues to circulate the small amount of water you do have in your system to places that need it. Um, but, but that being said, all of those things go away. So if you only have like a mild hangover and like you just need to get through the next two hours before it goes away, going for a run will work. If you're if you gonna be a, like, in bed all day, four hour anyway, hangover kind of thing where you're just the sitting there in bed, work. just like okay. I hate myself. The I run don't... will work for a few hours and then it will come back, and, and then you'll feel, feel worse because then you'll be tired too <laughs> from your run. All right, see, so that's always worked for me. So I guess I've never had like an insane hangover. Well, good. I would hope not. You're underage, sir. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> wait. As far as like um real uh sort of cures <laughs> like you know those like juices or whatever whatever those hangover juice things are total horseshit doesn't really work <laughs> according to the national institute of health no compelling evidence exists to suggest that any conventional or complementary intervention is effective for preventing or treating alcohol hangover the most effective way to avoid the symptoms of alcohol induced hangover is to practice abstinence or moderation hey do you always sound real condescending when you read science mostly oh only on saturdays maybe that's why people <laughs> don't like science Whoa, I'm. Th- I mean, I'm I love exactly science. what the NIH anyway. says. But but how did you read it? You were like, <laughs> well, he was reading it from the point of view of some like snobby NIH speaker. Yeah, why would you? I'm do playing that? a role. Okay, so you're an actor now. <laughs> well, essentially, because I hate what they're saying. It's like all they're saying is like the most effective way to avoid the symptom is to practice abstinence. Okay, well, say- yeah, but that's a <laughs> stupid answer. Like, of course, if you don't want to feel bad from being sick, you know, don't get sick. That's stupid. <laughs> so it doesn't mean anything. What can you do to lessen an eventual hangover? Are there Best anything? way to do it is if you're drinking that night, before you go to bed, drink some water. That way you hydrate yourself and the next morning it doesn't take so goddamn long to rehydrate and feel better. How right? much water should you drink? So there's a few things. Um, one is it's a good idea to drink a little like to drink some water and or Gatorade, which also helps because you electrolytes. Lose electrolytes diuretics make you pee more which means you lose more electrolytes electrolytes are like i'm not going to go super into it but basically they help you be hydrated they're good for you they get washed out with urine and so if you pee a lot you lose a lot of electrolytes which is part of the other reason you feel like absolute crap which is also part of the reason gatorade and powerade are nice things i gotta say there there are better drinks than gatorade and powerade if you want electrolytes i really really hate gatorade i don't know why they're really not optimal as far as i've read i've never looked into this they're better than water that's fair they have electrolytes so things that have electrolytes about salt tablets okay Put some salt in your water. Drink some I mean, salt water. That's fine. Drink okay. a small, a very dilute salt water. Ooh, pretzels. They have Are those you, like, bars, trying to they? make yourself isn't vomit? That, just 
<laughs> Ew. Oh, one no, time I ate trail mix while I was drinking and I vomited. That was a bad decision. I actually know that story. Yeah, what? you should. It was sloped. Oh, you were there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, um, so was what, I, though? What I was saying was, no. Um, uh, well, so, uh, yeah, yeah. That doesn't count. Um, so. Oh, wait, I do remember this now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was gross. Yeah. But it's okay. It's okay. He's I all didn't right want now. to finish my thought anyway. Boot and okay. rally. Boot <laughs> <laughs> uh, and rally. There you go. Anyway, while it's a good idea to have some amount of that immediately before you go to bed, it is a significantly better idea to three out throughout the night be consuming water in between drinks. Also yeah, food. Then you have to pee more. You, yes. <laughs> no, you're going to pee that much anyway. Pee, no. We're going to pee slightly less yeah. if you don't drink water in between. Would you rather really have a terrible matter. hangover or just right. pee a couple times? I mean, if, if you're drunk, it's hard to come up with the right decision yeah, for that one. Tell yourself when you're sober. Anyway, so, <laughs> um, so in between drinks, try to consume a little bit of water. Um, I, I mean, in general, a quarter to a half a cup of water per drink will like counter relatively well basically chase all of your shots with water chase that's not a lot of water, water actually that's pretty good it's not it's not an incredible amount of water cool um and it no one's gonna lot. do that it helps a lot if you space it out all right um because otherwise because your body doesn't do well with if you've ever noticed like i wake up occasionally and i'm just like wow i'm incredibly dehydrated right now and i drink a lot of water and nothing happens for like five hours because your body right, doesn't right. circulate that water to the organs that need it in any sort of reasonable fashionable amount of time but if you keep yourself at a like moderate level of hydration throughout the night, your body will handle it much better and you'll feel a lot better the next morning. There you go. Alternative hangover cure. Wake up, have a hangover, start drinking again. Because then the endorphins <laughs> released in the alcohol will make the <laughs> headache go away. You'll be drunk. Then oh, you'll have time to drink re- water, ah, yeah. rehydrate, and then when you sober up again, you'll be perfect. You're a damn genius. It's, it's beautiful. Make it's a beautiful sure you, system. Make sure you drink twice as much water. And then it's, it's make sure you drink twice as much vodka, you mean. That's <laughs> no, not what I mean. Okay. mean well, <laughs> Boy. Speaking of hangovers, I had an interesting conversation with this morning <laughs> with a friend of mine. Okay. And... This this is this will lead the into a car you stole. Um, we'll, we'll get into that later. Um, <laughs> we're not gonna get into that. No one's gonna know what you're talking about. He I didn't did actually steal, steal a, car. a car. I may have stolen a car. He borrowed um, it. anyway, <laughs> it was a borrow. Yeah, I mean, anyway. So, the argument was that he was arguing that whenever he drank uh, vodka or uh, clear rum or gin, he got a worse hangover than when he drank whiskey or rum. So that brings us to uh, a good myth that all, all everybody sort of agrees on, but nobody's really sure why. But I'm not actually sure it's true. Is different alcohols get you different kinds of drunk. I've, I've never had that experience. So what I've had is like people arguing like, oh, well, when I drink gin, I, I become an angry drunk. But when I drink like tequila, <laughs> I'm like way more fun and bouncy and stuff. Maybe, and I'm like, maybe I don't think that's true. Maybe how gin tastes and it just pisses them off. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually not an unreasonable thing. Yeah, because um, we talked about how that is unreasonable. Have, like, gin is delicious, just, yeah. and you're wrong. Okay. Um, anyway, with that, but whatever. Um, the point is that in some ways, different alcohols can get you different kinds of drunk, but only because of the differing alcohol concentration. So if you drink one beer, if you drink like, uh, you know, one beer which is twelve fluid ounces and you drink 12 fluid ounces of rum, Oof. the rum is going to get you way <laughs> oh drunker because in that same volume of liquid, you have a much higher concentration of alcohol. And, and of course, liquors do vary in their alcohol exactly. content. Exactly. Like, okay. you can go anywhere from, like, 
some 40 proof rum to some I've actually I had something that was 173 proof that is disgusting so to note here um oh yeah let's in, talk about proof in America uh proof is twice the alcohol percentage it's a which really, is really stupid why? measurement I have why? no idea why but I used to know the reason that means if something I is forget. that means if yeah, something going to look it up it's good keep going Dave keep if, talking bro if something is uh what 40 proof 20% that means that's 20% alcohol by volume exactly so uh 170 proof (laughs) yeah so that's that's like 85 that's 85 percent alcohol (laughs) yo okay so according to wikipedia sorry not to finish the term was originally used in the united kingdom and was defined as seven fourths times the alcohol by volume why (laughs) what the who does that Yeah, that doesn't no, make that's, any sense. That's really stupid. That's that's an entirely arbitrary thing. Like, why do we even say like eighty proof? Well, why not just say forty percent alcohol? That just makes so much more sense. Proof is um, very stupid. I would say oh, the reason some is kinda, along some with reason here. there is a reason. Yeah, yeah I don't. It, it. No, it's, oh. it looks complicated. Okay, well, so I would, on a really general stupid level, the reason is likely something to do with the fact that it's kind of hard to admit to yourself that you're drinking. 85% straight alcohol. That's true. I don't really put it in context like that. I'm it, thinking like 173 proof. Hell yeah. But then it's like, wait, what am I actually literally putting in my alcohol. stomach? <laughs> yeah. That is right. And also, awesome. and also like, yeah, you know, it's just in general. That's it may, it, more than the ethanol con- the concentration in uh, stuff I use to preserve specimens. That's freaky. That's uh, awesome. What, what else is in that? What you use to preserve them? It's ethanol and uh, some other stuff. I don't actually know. Oh, good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna drink it. So it's good it's, science, right it's there. Not really. I mean, I'm not Put going to some, drink in it. Some ethanol and stuff. You know, <laughs> ethanol and stuff. So keep this dead bird in this Would little bag in my room. Name for like a locally brewed beer, ethanol and stuff. Nope. No. No. Right, like well, yeah. No. Definitely not. I bet it'd be delicious. No. Um. Let's do. Let's do a music oh, break. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's go yeah. let's go through. Let's do a music because break. because I have the effects of a diuretic right now. Wow, that was gross. Just say you gotta pee, man. <laughs> Why is it more gross to use a term? God damn it. <laughs> Whatever. Song. What do we want to listen to? Um, do, let's do one song. Um, you don't want my opinion. <laughs> I don't want Zach's Zach opinion. wants metal. No, I don't want metal. I would suggest metal. I know you would. So that means you I mean, want I would to play some fun. Let's audience, play some fun. We're gonna listen to fun. Okay, and while we're on our break, everyone go to the Alcohol Proof Wikipedia page and read the history. It kind of gives you a little explanation of why proof is the way it is. All right, there you go. You listen to CornellRadio.com, and uh, we'll be right back. BRB, yo. All right. Welcome We're back to Scientifically back. Speaking. You're listening to CornellRadio.com, and you're listening to Scientifically Speaking, which is Cornell's educational science talk show. That's twice I've gotten to say that now. Oh, you yeah. You have no idea how excited I am about this. <laughs> Dave's been really happy all day, like, just, which is reasonable. Yes. We've I've all been, been like, pretty vibrating. excited, but Dave's been actually bouncing around pretty much everywhere. Which we is go. pretty easy. He doesn't weigh much. Yeah, that's true. Mm. <laughs> anyway, so what, before we left, we were talking about how if, if different alcohols get you different kinds of drunk. So the, the short answer is no. It's all ethanol. It's all this one chemical compound, ethanol, which affects your brain in certain ways and only does that. And... So there is no difference between different alcohols except for the concentration. That said, if let's go into talking about okay, fine. You know, a beer is obviously going to get you different drunk than a liquor because different alcohol concentration. But what if you have two 
alcohols, two liquors. Let's say you have a 40 proof rum and a 40 proof vodka. All right. How do those differ in effect? So first, we're going to talk about how exactly alcohol is made. Oh, that's awesome because I don't have a clue. <laughs> so what it is is... Something about potatoes, maybe? <laughs> that's, that's vodka. Yeah, oh, vodka cool. essentially... All, the only thing it takes to make alcohol is um, biodegrading things. Essentially, when you have stuff rot, you oh, make alcohol. That's wonderful. So, fermentation <laughs> of different things. bananas. So, <laughs> you could probably make a banana flavored anyway. So, <laughs> you, could. you could probably make a penis flavored anyway. Okay. Um, what? Oh, gonna... <laughs> right. We really are going back. Okay. So, different kinds of alcohol are made by... Uh, fermenting different kinds of plant matter. So beer is made with like barley and wheat. Vodka is made with potatoes. Whiskey is made with corn. So when you ferment these um, plant matter and you mix them with a bunch of different ingredients, such and as what kind of stuff do you mix this stuff? With? Spices and things? Is that yeah, what, yeah? Spices, seasoning, all that, all that good stuff. Um, with nothing beer, that affects your brain. Uh. So we'll get into that. So, okay. Okay. Um, with beer, you also have like hops too, which right. gives some flavored flavoring to it. Hops is a plant, and so when you dist- ferment and distill these different liquors, um, what you end up having is all these sort of byproducts made by um, the fermentation process. So things like uh, acetone, acetaldehyde, tannins, and these byproducts are called congeners. So these different alcohols have different amounts of congeners. So this is why certain alcohols will have seemingly have different effects. But so we agreed that probably there's no real difference between drunkenness. Like gin is not going to make you an angry drunk and whiskey is not going to make you a happy drunk. There's no real difference there. However, there is a lot of evidence to suggest that darker liquors will produce a worse hangover than clear liquors. So this is the argument I was having with my friend this morning, and he was adamantly insisting that whenever he drank vodka, he had a terrible hangover the next day. Whenever he drank whiskey, he was fine. And he was like, so you're wrong, Dave. That doesn't make any sense. And I'm saying, well, no, in fact, you're wrong. That's not how science works. (laughs) So that's what we're here for, folks. Science. So darker liquors produce worse... Darker it's, like was, it's like was staring deeply into my eyes as he whispered. Oh, science don't pretend that doesn't happen. Every night, it's literally not, every Tuesday night, Zach just like <laughs> stares into your eyes, going science. <laughs> what is it? We have what is? Do we have a science Tuesday? What? That's not important. Every every night of our house, we have oh, a different yeah. debate topic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like this is science Tuesday. This is what you get when you live Wednesday. with a bunch of nerds. Um, what the hell's going on in the universe us. Thursday? <laughs> um, anyway. That should be Wednesday. Let's what? go back to the thing. Stop dis- distracting yourselves. Okay, sorry, go. Darker liquors produce worse hangovers because they have more congeners, more of these toxic byproducts in them. So, like I said, acetone, acetaldehyde, tannins. Tannins being the dark-colored chemicals that okay, actually okay. make it a darker liquor. So, these toxic compounds can um, affect your hangover because your body has to spend time dealing with these toxins which can be potentially irritating give you headaches things like that so when you drink rum or whiskey and a comparable amount of vodka on two separate nights you'll probably get a worse hangover from the rum or whiskey however hey that sounds like the opposite of what he said that's in fact the opposite (laughs) of of what he said connor you're just definitely wrong (laughs) not to name any names you asked for a shout out and here it is (laughs) are you sure maybe maybe he like 
secretly liked or no he enjoys the what was the one that's not See, vodka ex- uh rum, rum. so maybe he enjoys the rum or See, whiskey and he drinks it thing. more slowly and enjoys it and versus whoa what happened oh <laughs> versus like trying to like just chug vodka to like bam like get drunk real fast and so maybe he drinks more by accident okay so of course we'll actually talk about that in a sec but yeah um i and i i wanted to agree with him because honestly like i enjoy whiskey better than vodka you know for me like i think it tastes better i enjoy I mean, it one more. has a taste and one does is and... <laughs> terrible anyway <laughs> my very russian friend from this summer would disagree with you okay, okay well russian <laughs> so just say okay communists are never right that's the moral of the day. I don't, that's not science. I don't support that <laughs> you statement. You don't even agree with that statement. <laughs> I'm kind of a communist. Anyway. Uh, okay. So next up, I'm going to have Shane talk to us a little bit about context-dependent drinking, because this is exactly what you're talking about. Is it? Well, maybe he just enjoys rum more, so he drinks that at a steadier pace. He likes the taste, whereas vodka is like, all right, let's get this to hell over with, and chugs it. So, let's Shane yeah. want to talk about context dependent drinking? Sure. So there there's a few things don't do that. <laughs> there's uh there's a few things um other than just the the uh speed and quantity of alcohol that you consume um that can affect how you feel, how you feel that day, how you feel that night, how you feel the next day. Um some of the really simple ones are how much food's in your stomach when you drink, how hydrated you are when you start to drink. Um, if you have more food in your stomach, like we said, alcohol goes through your digestive tract first. If there's some bread in there, bread's really absorbent. Alcohol's going to get digested. Uh-oh. Um, so alcohol's going to get... I mean, it might just be in here, I think. Alcohol's going to get digested... Uh, sorry, it's going to get absorbed into the bread in your stomach and leave with it and not go into your bloodstream. And that's the okay. case for a lot of the food in your stomach. We'll absorb the alcohol. Absorbs the alcohol. Then so you, you get, get drunk rid of more it. slowly and less drunk overall? Correct. Okay. And now, so it, it depends on how quickly you evacuate your stomach. Okay. But so in general, yes. But, but at the very least, it will take a longer amount of time because it will sit in the bread as opposed to immediately coming into the contact with so the stomach So this will also lining. affect the like one hour to digest your alcohol yes, thing. Yes, it okay. will. That's Definitely, because it'll take it'll take uh, maybe a little bit, but it'll it'll take longer to get into your bloodstream. So right. it'll, it'll take a longer amount of time for you to feel the effects. Right, of the, the effective alcohol. like hour window right, will exactly. be different. Yes, um, there are a few other things though that are like a little bit more psychological that I I think are cooler. Um, of course so, you do. of course it does. Anyway, um, do you find them interesting? So I, I do. I actually modified my speech so I didn't say interesting because you were looking at me and I figured you were waiting for it. Waiting. Yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, um, like so, yeah. No, it's okay. I know. <laughs> that's, you need house. to stop. This is getting weird. You're like on Zach level right now. Um, wow. <laughs> wow. All right. Anyway. Is that a compliment? I don't know. Mm. Um, so anyway, uh, so... What was I? It was a context was, psychological blah, blah, blah. psychological stuff. So basically, um, there there's something called like there, there's like a context based um, drunkenness. There there is like part of how much alcohol you consume is based on the context in which you consumed it. So here's the idea behind this. It's very interesting. So stop. <laughs> um, so. So the idea is stop it, Dave. Eventually, over time, you start you start um, your body starts learning when you're pouring this neurotoxin into it, right? 
Well, when you say it like that, <laughs> well, the, that's why. So your body, your body sees alcohol primarily as a bad thing. Your brain sees it, however it sees it. Your body's like, "Wow, this is breaking well, me down," right? Because literally, all well, what it's it not does really is, your body that's getting the good effects. Like your brain's right. going like endorphins, wee, and your body's like, "What the? Uh, f- are you putting in me? It. Stop it!" Exactly. So your body, as a result, starts responding to this preemptively, and figuring out, "Ooh, it's a Friday." It's about nine o'clock. This is a dimly lit room with a bunch of people, and I see shot glasses. <laughs> I'm gonna just go ahead and start producing some ADH now. That is amazing. And assume that I'm gonna need it because worst case scenario, it produces some enzymes it doesn't need, and nothing happens. Okay. So preemptively, you start producing the enzymes needed to break down alcohol in your stomach. Now, say it's slope day. Woo! It's eight o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah. You've never in your entire life consumed alcohol at 8 o'clock in the That's morning. That's not true. Stop. He's given, he's given a hypothetical situation, <laughs> man. Come on, relax. So, and it's daylight. There's, like, a large number of people in your, like, say, in the lounge in your dorm where you've never consumed alcohol before. Hey, well, you can't drink alcohol so, in dorms. Right, of course not. That would never, ever happen. Nah. Um, so... Assuming all of these things, your body's like, woohoo, we're going to go, like, eat breakfast, right? No idea that you're about to pour some you alcohol. You have no idea, system, stomach. Right? You yeah. have no idea what's exactly. coming. You think this is a pancake, so, bitch. So. You have limited alcohol, and you're looking to get real drunk. Just spontaneous. Hide it some. Get someone else to hide it somewhere, and when you find it, just start drinking. Uh, <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> that's an interesting idea. It oh actually, my god, it might work slightly better than I was initially expecting. Uh, that's sort of weird. You like open a cupboard. <laughs> you like open a cupboard expecting to get a plate, and bam, you got a bottle of yeah. So the Jack Coleman, Daniels. You just get a bunch you're like, of well, <laughs> I guess it's time to start. It's like an Easter egg hunt, except instead of like candy, you find liquor. Okay, there we go. We got a Jewish and a Christian reference there. Perfect. Perfect. That was good. That I'm covers proud of us. like two thirds to less than that of the bases of the major. Anyway, so 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 as a result, your body is less prepared, produces less of the ADH because it has to wait until there's actually alcohol in your system and be like, oh shit, I fucked up. I got to start making more of that. That was a lot of swear words in one sentence. It was two. That's, um, that's a lot, sir. And I'm, okay. There's I, a comma in between. It's fine. Commas. Oh, basically yeah. Basically separate things. Right, exactly. Um, so, <laughs> grammar. We're all really good at grammar here. Mostly me. <laughs> um, so, so, then it starts producing ADH. Then you start breaking down the alcohol, as opposed to if your body's expecting it. The ADH is already sitting there waiting for alcohol. You can start breaking it down before it has any chance to get into your bloodstream. And as a result, you actually experience less alcohol consumption so hmm. when when you're unsuspecting you can actually have like a legitimately higher amount of alcohol in your system even though you consumed the same amount and no other part of you has changed that's crazy it's really crazy and there's there's some other thing i mean drinking out of the same kinds of cups you see red solo cups you're like oh alcohol is gonna red be in solo that. cup don't do uh-huh. that. One of our, friends, <laughs> one of our friends freshman year had a pink glittery sippy cup that he liked to drink out of. And for for a while, that probably really screwed with his brain because it was like, sippy cups, those never have alcohol in them. <laughs> and he probably actually got a little bit more drunk off that than he would off of drinking out of a red Solo cup. Note to self, consume all alcohol through child children's drinking cups. Yeah. That will, that will confuse me the most. Right. Yes, don't. So I'm taking my door of the Explorer Cup. Oh, that's why people drink out of boots and stuff. 
Maybe. Oh my god, anything but cups parties. That's why they work. Oh my god. <laughs> you drink yeah, out of a bowl and you're like, know what wow. that is? Anything but cups party? Oh, you can't answer me. That was a stupid question to ask. Anything but cups party, you go to a party. It's the second kind of ABC party. There's anything but clothes. You come, you're dressed up in like cardboard boxes, as our good friend here did. Or <coughs> uh, <laughs> That's quite the story that you guys probably won't ever hear, unfortunately. Or, you know, tape and stuff. And then the other one is you it's pretty bring well anything but a cup. I brought a little like quart milk jug to one I went. I thought that was pretty cute. Someone brought a watermelon. Shout out That's to you. That's there. great. I'm, I'm impressed by that. It's kind of I annoying like carrying on a watermelon around. Anyway, I mean, like I mean it's like a third of the watermelon <laughs> hollowed out. Calm down. So the point of this context-based <laughs> drinking is that when you go to day drink, your body is literally unprepared to consume alcohol. Exactly. It has no idea what's coming. It's freshly awake. It's like, all right, well, time to get ready for my day. Oh, he's pouring vodka down my throat. <laughs> <laughs> um, well... All right, panic mode. Try to get rid of this stuff. Right. Shit, too late. Exactly. You're drunk. You're too sh- late. Your body's right. like, I can't shit. It's too late. What are you saying? <laughs> whatever. I anyway. Yeah, okay, whatever. So, yeah, I think that's, that's a really interesting thing. So, essentially, if you have an alcohol that you maybe like more than other alcohols, is that, is that possibly yeah, so, part of this? So, I don't actually, I don't have, I, I would... I would not be surprised if something like the scent of some alcohol is like, oh, I drink rum pretty frequently. You smell rum and you go, hmm, I'm about to drink some rum. And your body's and prepared. Your body's prepared. Then for when it. somebody cracks open a thing of tequila, you're like, ooh, what is that? Oh, God. <laughs> Zero to drunk in like 30 seconds. Right. There are some other things that you had also, mentioned also gross. about mixers. That we should probably talk about. Oh yeah, that right. could so, also be very related which, to which is how which you is a feel big after part drinking. of it. So right. essentially, of course, you know, if you're going to be drinking things, and say you're not ripping shots, say you're just you know trying to have ripping a shots. slow, slow, calm night. Um, so mixers could potentially play a role in this. These different effects you're feeling. You're talking carbonation and caffeine now. Correct. So say you pour yourself um, a gin and tonic. Tonic has, like, carbonation and, like, nothing else. Yeah. So you're only really getting the effects of the gin. That's different from rum and Coke. If you pour yourself a rum and Coke, you're not only experiencing the effects of the rum, but also the caffeine and the sugar that's in the Coke. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get it. You're going to have a different kind of drunk because, you know, the caffeine and the sugar are going to interact with your body, too. So you've got all these different effects going on. So... And of course, that stems from different kind of alcohols mix better with different kinds of mixers. So, of course, you're not going to put gin in Coke. That would be disgusting. <laughs> that someone's done it. Probably a lot someone's of people have done it. Done All I've got is gin and Coke. What am I going to do? I can't just drink this gin straight. Pour in some Coke. If you're not a bitch. Anyway. Oh. Um, <laughs> someone just got called out that none of us know, probably. <laughs> anyway. Um, but so, yeah, so that's an interesting thing, right? So, sugary drinks dehydrate you for mm-hmm. the same reason that salty things do because they absorb water caffeine caffeine is a slight diuretic although that's going to be really 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 negligible compared to the diuretic it's going to be completely overshadowed also, by the rum i don't know if this is right but uh when you drink caffeine usually since you're consuming something like any uh, water you drink at all even like a coffee right. out completely outweighs the, the diuretic, diuretic effect like by far to the point where you'd have to consume like a bunch of caffeine tablets to even get like a solid diuretic effect which is fine but it's not the diuretic effect that right. can really affect you sometimes it i mean which i mean sorry i take that back it can 
which can contribute to the feeling of dehydration and being more drunk and a worse hangover, but also caffeine itself can produce like headaches and things like that right, okay. with overconsumption because so it's, because think about it, stimulant? you're mixing a stimulant caffeine right. with a depressant yeah. okay. alcohol. And so you have these two mm-hmm. directly contradicting effects and your body's like, I don't know what to do. This is great. <laughs> so on that note, actually, we hadn't talked about this earlier, but there is something else. Um, something that more than occasionally happens is simultaneous consumption of alcohol and other stimulants, such as cocaine in particular. That sounds dangerous. Right. So here's an Rum and Coke takes on a whole new meaning. <laughs> oh, man. So here's something really interesting to note about that. Um, I only bring it up because it, ha- it is a very special case of consuming two drugs at the same time. Um, so al- alcohol, ethanol, oh, obviously yes. is a drug. You told me about this. Uh-huh. Cocaine. Accidentally educated. Yeah. Cocaine is a drug accidentally educated would be a wonderful band name if you consume them both at the same time you would expect to have the effects of alcohol plus the effects of cocaine and that would in most cases not be an unreasonable assumption but you'd be really really wrong because something really wonderful and terrible happens when you consume both of them at the same time and that is inside of you your digestive tract turns that well actually no so this is not in your digestive tract because cocaine usually doesn't go into your digestive tract. Um, you inside don't, of don't you, eat Coke. <laughs> that would be an interesting experiment. Um, so inside of you, cocaine and ethanol <laughs> mix <laughs> into something called cocaethylene, which is another drug that has slightly different properties from either ethanol or cocaine. Um, it's not good. It's What's the biggest problem with it is that most people have some notion of how much cocaine or how much alcohol they can consume in one sitting, and exactly no one has any notion of how much cocaethylene they can consume in one sitting, and it's a lot less. <laughs> I bet you'd than be surprised. I bet two. you'd be disappointed and surprised. I don't know about that. You um, might just be dead. <laughs> <laughs> so you you have actually uh, so it, it, in it you have a much lower tolerance in general to that than either of the other two drugs you're consuming, which makes it very very dangerous. Um, so not that I'm advocating consumption of cocaine, but if you're going to do it, at least don't do it while you're drunk, because that could be much worse than you're expecting it to be. So, yeah. so you got the combined effects there with some radically different chemical that's being exactly. made from both of them together. Right. So exactly. You're not only is it talk just about science. So if people are saying like, oh, you, you know, do a line and then take a shot, you're like, well, this this should be interesting, but it's actually some crazy new chemical compound being formed, and your body has no idea. You're like you're how to li- handle you it. yourself are like a drug lab. Your stomach, is, <laughs> you're making new drugs in your stomach. Becomes a drug lab. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Walter White. Blood cells. I'll stop. I'll no, see myself. Yeah, oh my see, I was going to go there, but I couldn't come up with anything. You shouldn't That's have. That's meth. That was pretty impressive, know. actually. Thank I you. I thought of that right on the spot. <laughs> All <right>. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of how cocaine doesn't go to your digestive tract, <laughs> let's talk about <laughs> how to get alcohol into your bloodstream without drinking it, because there are different ways of alcohol consumption, <laughs> and they're all equally terrifying. <laughs> And I can't wait to hear about it. I invented it. It doesn't <laughs> exist. I at least don't think it exists. It probably does. Um, I don't know. I kind of Googled it briefly. It didn't. didn't yeah, you couldn't come up with anything? I don't know. Maybe it does. Right, Someone let's else go through can these and we can go through okay. yours. So yeah, I'll I'll be I'm at the end. sure, I'm sure, I'm sure that everyone out there has heard of people putting alcohol in strange places that are not their mouths. <laughs> so, Gross. for example, their eyes. People have taken shots through their eyes. They literally <laughs> pull down their eyelid and pour a shot into it. Um, that goes directly into your bloodstream 
which means that the alcohol is bypassing any sort of possible digestion oh, and yeah. breakdown. Yeah. And it's also already really freaking close to your brain. <laughs> yeah. You're pouring it into your yeah. brain. Yep. That's terrifying. Right. <laughs> Don't amazing. do that. You're pouring alcohol into oh, your brain. Let me just take a closer look at this shot. <laughs> there's <laughs> also there's also um there's um I've heard of people soaking tampons in alcohol. Well, that is irresponsible. And then inserting them either vaginally Somewhere. or anally mm-hmm. and letting the alcohol leach out of the tampon and into your bloodstream, which is again terrifying. <laughs> Please don't do right. that. So this is like along the lines of butt chugging, right? Yes, yeah. butt chugs. You're just pouring alcohol into your butt. Right. That's it's like a, is that an acrobatic feat? I feel like that's kind of. I a, mean, I assume you need more than one person, yeah. or at least like it someone would, you're someone you're very comfortable be, with. Yeah, it's a bonding um, experience, yeah. really. <laughs> so, um, yo, uh, can you? Um, this is a weird question, <laughs> but I just can you pour vodka in my butt, please? <laughs> Um, how sure. do you breach that conversation? How do you broach that conversation with like your roommate? Well, first you get really drunk. <laughs> no, no, that would be worse. Getting drunk and then butt chugging—that'd be. I'm assuming that's generally how it happens. Uh, so do anyway, sober is- butt chug? Well, that's the question. <laughs> Probably not. Question of the day. Um, please answer on our Facebook feed or Twitter feed. Which um, is uh, we Facebook. We're is gonna do a little poll here. See our if you've ever butt chugged sober. Let us know how it was. Do we have an anonymous poll? Can we do that? Straw poll? Is that a you thing? Can, we can figure something Yo, out. Yeah, hook it up. Um, so, so anyway, so, so the reason we're pointing out these things is... Uh, so th- the first thing is obviously you get drunk real fast because it doesn't go through your digestive tract first, right? It takes some amount of time, generally 15 minutes to 30 minutes, um, for alcohol to, alcohol to get absorbed through your stomach lining. Um, but not only does this go straight into your bloodstream... It doesn't have interact with any of the ADH in your stomach before it does so. So you actually have no idea how much alcohol is entering your bloodstream. So I exactly going back right. to those the the descriptions of standard drinks we gave exactly. at the beginning of the show. One and a half fluid ounces is one shot. That's um, there's a certain amount of alcohol in that that your body. Um, Digests instead digests of absorbing. Yeah, instead exactly. of absorbing. Now, say you pour a shot into your eye, and all notion of like what you regularly get is thrown out the window. Exactly, completely gone because you're bypassing the digestive process, and so now you, this standard drink is just increased by who knows how much. Millions exactly. of times. Okay, maybe not. not that much. That's probably, probably not millions. Probably slightly less than twice. That's like saying <laughs> that's like saying taking a shot into your eye means you take a million shots. <laughs> Imagine how, if that were true, you would just you'd immediately just, die. I, it, I don't think it would be immediate. You'd like fall asleep and then die. Okay, well, you know, you'd basically immediately. You this might drown really first. Really morbid. This is. I don't know why we're still talking about because it. Oh, <laughs> I think it's interesting. Wait, so let's you talk about got, my yeah. thing that I came up with. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, right. That's so. It's also a pun, of course, which if you know <laughs> me, should be expected. Fun. This is going to be a five-minute build-up to one of the <laughs> shittiest puns you've ever heard. I guarantee. I'm warning you now. I'll keep it short. <laughs> So, you know, there's various ways of consuming alcohol. So what if you get, like, a lozenge that's just alcoholic and it's an alcohols because Hall's lozenges, yeah. <laughs> and guess what? The marketing would do itself because people, when they joke, they're like, oh, I'm going to go drink some alcohols. And then it's like, oh, you mean alcohols, like our product? Oh, my God. <laughs> that was less than five minutes. You're welcome. Which made the pun significantly shittier. <laughs> really? I'm actually impressed by how much I despised that. <laughs> I was pretty atrocious. I feel sick to my stomach from that <laughs> pun. 
Well, you know. <laughs> it only took me a few minutes to come up with. That's good. By accident. Yeah. So that's as, as all of your <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I can imagine him sitting there like alcohols. Ooh. Guys, oh, that's a thing already. Guys, anyway, go on. Let's talk about tolerance. And I'm not talking about being nice to people. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about tolerance. All right, go for let's it. Let's do it. Do you have any questions, Zach? Particularly? Yeah, how the hell does that work? How the hell does that work? Oh, okay, that's interesting. I have I have some good insights on this. Good. Um, so first things first, what we're talking about here is over time, um, as you consume alco- alcohol at some sort of regular rate, so once a week, probably more than once a month, um, you know, your body starts developing ways to deal with the fact that your brain doesn't work very well anymore. Um, so you have you have very I'm really being turned off to. <laughs> Except not really, because no, literally is gonna yeah, have no you effect. Don't care. Yeah. I don't so, care. So, um, so something. Because there's some benefits. Yeah, sure. Um, so, so there's an extremely interesting thing here is that, um, as as your tolerance increases, right? So, so the the notion of how much alcohol you have in your system is measured in blood alcohol content, which is a ratio. BAC. A ratio of the volume of alcohol to the volume of blood in your bloodstream, right? As that approaches something like 0.4, so like 40% of your bloodstream is alcohol, <laughs> most people need to be put in a hospital. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, people, if you go to the blood alcohol content Wikipedia page, there are some hilarious side <laughs> effects of being really drunk. It's just <laughs> oh, like, God. I was looking at it one time, some of it, it's just, it's Examples? real funny. Nah, let's see if they update it, actually, it might be. Anyway, anyway, so um, while he's searching, while he's looking through that, so something to note is that as your tolerance increases, your uh, oh, there it is. Sorry. (laughs) All right. (laughs) What do you want? Go for it. Point four to point five blood alcohol content. You get the symptom general lack of behavior. (laughs) (laughs) That that is also a good band name. You cease to be a person. (laughs) That is that is the uh, punk rock album. Lack of behavior. General lack of behavior. <laughs> it's like mild punk rock. <laughs> anyway, um, so so what I was saying before is that as your tolerance increases, um, your blood alcohol content per drink you consume doesn't change, which is a little bit scary, actually. Okay. So the, your notion of how drunk you are is going to be drastically different because you could conceivably show no symptoms of, um, I'm going to call it alcohol poisoning. That just means having alcohol in your system of being intoxicated <laughs> of you show, show no symptoms. Of I being mean, literally intoxicated. intoxicated. Yeah. yeah. Toxic. You're poisoned being poisoned, but, um, you show no symptoms of being intoxicated, but we'll have the same equally dangerous blood alcohol content. Um, See, that's good to know. I always kind of assumed you just processed it somewhat faster. Absolutely no? not. God, so you just yeah. feel the effects less. So say you drink the same amount each time. You feel the drunkenness a little less, so you feel like you're at a lower BAC so when you're actually that? at the same BAC, that so you drink more. Disadvantageous. And, yeah. Yes. It's like well, the opposite of the X-Man we were talking about before. It's like really hard right. to get drunk. you got to spend more money and time and effort, and then it's also yeah. more dangerous. And, and it's, it's also more dangerous. dangerous. Because when you get to a point where you feel like, oh, this is a good level of drunk, you're really, really yes. drunk. Right. Really drunk. Yeah. And, and you know, people, people who have addictions, alcoholics, can be borderline 30 40 like point point three point four blood alcohol mm-hmm. and 
feel sober. Be sober, completely sober. And be like functioning in society at a nearly dead level. Because this is also alcoholism, actually. Let's let's talk a little bit about that. Um, Alcoholism in general is like that addiction that, you know, you have that, these physical this physical addiction, your brain feels that it physically needs alcohol in it to work, in the body to work and function. Right. So you get right. the shakes if you don't, don't drink for a while, um, you know, yeah. stuff like that. But alcoholism is genetic, You get free too. milkshakes you don't drink for a while? Is that like a rewards card? <laughs> no, like, no, like you that would be an interesting puns. way to what? do, like, so instead of Alcoholics Anonymous, I'm you gonna people like anyway. free milkshakes. We're just going to talk over they that. Don't drink. We're yeah, just going to ignore him. Anyway. Fine, go. Uh, alcoholism is genetic in that these, the way you release ADH and the way you can process alcohol depends on how well your body is at making the, uh, the ADH. So if you have parents who are alcoholics, you're more likely to be an alcoholic because of the genetic factors that allow you to, um, number one, process alcohol weirdly and not feel drunk, but also it passes on the physical dependency how does not, that work? Not the actual physical dependency, but the, um, it, the at least the um, predisposition to becoming alcohol dependent. Do we so, know the mechanism by which that? So it's is related to so alcohol, like we said before, is like an an inhibitory. It is a neural transmitter inhibitor. Okay. Right? Um, brain no works so good. And brain no works so good. Um, and the uh the parts so so there is some sort of tendency to like have specific brain neural responses to that inhibitor um and if those lead to so there are people who have a very high tolerance by high tolerance i mean don't show symptoms very quickly um even though they can have a high blood alcohol content right off the bat there are people who right off the bat start drinking can have six drinks their first time, maybe be like a smaller person and just be fine, totally fine. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, there there are people like there can be some like big guys that have like three drinks the first time they drink and, and they, they are plastered, yep. right? And they don't have a high blood alcohol content because they're literally they have, enormous, right? And, so like it would you would need more alcohol just to like have a volumetrically large percent, <laughs> mm-hmm. but they feel the effects much more quickly because some sort of genetic variation causes their brain to respond a certain way. Okay. Um, and people with those like right, higher tolerances right off the bat, along with a lot of other things, um, have some sort of predisposition toward dependency on alcohol. So as a sort of summary of like blood alcohol content, that is objectively like a certain amount of alcohol will probably do some definite damage to your body with certain Correct. like physical symptoms enough. But you yourself will not necessarily not feel, feel what your blood alcohol content actually is. If you have is. a high you alcohol have absolutely tolerance. absolutely no idea. Yeah. There is one thing I want to point out about tolerance also. Um, this is my favorite alcohol tolerance fact. Symptoms, I'm excited. Symptoms, you know it already. Does everyone have a favorite okay. alcohol tolerance fact? <laughs> not just you. Just me, probably. Oh, okay. Um, Let's hear it. So symptoms like that you, gr- you gain a tolerance to over time include things like um, like motor control, right? So you lose motor control in general, gross and fine motor control. When you well, that's, yeah. So essentially, what, again, that's your brain's uh, processing centers being inhibited. Right. And so you actually lose your fine motor control, which is why, uh, 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 like, 
when a police officer tests you, they tell you to like bring a finger to your nose because normally you can do that without thinking about it because your brain knows exactly where your nose and your finger are. <laughs> but when you're drunk, it's like, Bleh, I don't know. So and you just sort of poke, right. poke at things. Are we saying field sobriety tests aren't always quite so good if someone's like has a no, very uh, high tolerance. Actually, like it yes. couldn't be a good if indication of how if you have a very high are. tolerance, Certainly. you can be absolutely shit faced and pass a sobriety Definitely. test. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so th- that's uh, some idea of it. Uh, slurred speech, which goes along with fine motor control. Um, we talked about like rationality of emotions, that kind of stuff. That stuff all can go away as you become more tolerant. There is, however, one symptom that has the exact opposite response to repeated like consumption, and that is memory loss. Here we go. Blacking out. Sucks to suck. <laughs> blacking out. Uh, when you've consumed alcohol, the more frequently that occurs, the more likely it is to occur. To occur Your the next tolerance time. for uh, for memory loss actually decreases as you encounter it. Um, That's scary. It's so, scary. say you go to a party one night, you get blackout drunk, you wake up the next morning going, "Where was I last night?" That means that next weekend when you go out again, you you're more likely drink. if you have the same volume of alcohol and the same like context, yeah. of course, or even less. About that, you're more likely to black out again. Right. Um, and something else that I found really interesting and extremely terrifying about uh, being blacked out when you're drunk is that uh, memory loss is actually an inaccurate way to describe it. You this don't really lose cool. your memories. You simply don't form them. Your, your brain literally, it's its not like, it's not, so what happens when with memory loss due to alcohol is not that like you, imagine taking a video on your phone it's not that you take the video and then, delete it. and then delete it. What happens is it's essentially when you get to a point where you're so drunk, you, you just turn off recording. the video. <laughs> you just stop recording at all. So you're, all of your regulatory, you know, all your brain is still going and doing things except for the fact that it just shut down the whole, let's remember what I did. Which means if you're encountering someone like I did sophomore year with sophomore? my friend. Sophomore year. With my friend who won't be named. Shut um, up, Dave. Who was blackout at a party, but I was unaware and had such a high tolerance that he was acting relatively sober. And I said, listen, I need to go take care of my other friend who actually needs some help. Can you just help these three people get home safely? And he went, yes, certainly. And then I found out the next day that he had no recollection of that, which meant, in fact, I had entrusted someone with a like short-term memory of maybe three minutes and no recollection of anything prior to those three minutes for the entire night to walk three people home. It's a scary thing to do. It's an easy thing to test for. So halfway for. through that walk, he was just like, oh, we're walking home. I guess home. we're walking up, home guys? now. Yeah. And um, now it's an interesting, though. It's really easy to test for because you just ask someone a question and then ask them again five minutes later. And see if they have any recollection of you asking. And five so this is this prior. why this is why people repeat stuff when they're drunk, just over yes, and over again. Certainly. Now there's there's a few reasons for that. One of them is if they just think something's really important and you need to know, <laughs> which is of course and an of exaggerated course because you're exaggerated, exaggerated emotions, right. your logical and judgment right. centers right. are shut down. You're kind of like, well, this is really important. Right. Why but is if it they important? have it's no not, recollection, but, tell you anyway. but if they have no recollection of having told you ten minutes ago, that's a good sign that they're probably not recording anything that's going on. Um, which is kind of neat and scary. Well, this has been, I think, a little depressing. I think this has <laughs> been... Ha, depressing, get it? It's a depressant. Ah! Anyway, um, I think this has been like pretty sad. There are actually good things about alcohol. 
What? No. I yes. Then people would drink it all the time. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait um, a second. So first, of course, we talked about the endorphins and stuff. Your brain, like, it makes you feel good. So sure. you know, and there's nothing inherently wrong with that. And of course, the symptoms that we talk about aren't all these things. Like, yeah, I mean, of course it happens, but that's practice moderation. Drink. How do you do that? Feel free with feel free to drink. Well, depends on the person. So as we talked about, everybody handles it a little differently, but don't go crazy. No so like, limit. like I mentioned earlier, a good thing to do is most people have some sense. You don't. You should get some sense of it. It's not very hard, but have some sense of after this amount of alcohol, I feel really good. Right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So if you're... If you're what? You're just like talk off to the side of your microphone. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so okay. loud. Yeah, so um, anyway, so like I was saying, you uh, have... Some sense of like, if I consume this amount of alcohol, I'm going to feel like really great, right? So if you know in any sense how many drinks it will take to get you to that point, I said this earlier, get to that point and then have one drink per amount of time it takes you to digest a drink of alcohol, which is roughly an hour. And you'll feel that same amount of good. A very common problem with people who are inexperienced at drinking is that they drink to a level where they're like, wow, I feel really good. Better keep if I drinking. drink another beer, I'll feel even better. But unfortunately, <laughs> there's diminishing returns with how good you feel. So you drink a lot. You get to a point where, wow, I feel good. Another one will make me feel even better. And, and that's not necessarily true. Everywhere. everywhere. And it drops off very quickly. So the best way to do it is to get to a point where like, wow, I feel really good. I'm going to stop. Exactly. And you just bit. stop for a little bit. Continue drinking at a slow, steady pace. Don't do crazy things. But just do that slow, steady pace, and you'll feel much better throughout the night. You'll no be much more in control of yourself. Yeah, no, butt chugging is a good thing to avoid. No butt chugging. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So another thing about alcohol is that actually, according to the NIH, moderate amounts of alcohol may give a lower risk of coronary heart disease. Hmm. So people who drink have a lower risk of heart disease than people who don't drink. And why is that? Do we have a mechanism for that? Lower stress, slightly? Is that even I, a thing that I'm happens? I'm not even going to make an assumption. Yeah, that's literally no idea. I trust the NIH to do things. But I don't know, because it's just like that thing with like resveratrol and red wine. And it's like, oh, you know, it's right. super magical for It's like not really anything. I don't know if it's on the lines. Of yeah, and again, moderate amounts. Like what does yeah. the NIH consider moderate? What, because their hangover day, right? cure is abstinence. Yeah, so, so, uh, so their moderate amounts are probably so like general, a beer a day. Yeah, I think that's less, ex- than, that. less yeah. than a beer yes. a day. Which um, is... What? Right. So, and I mean, if you're drinking like on the weekends or something, you're gonna have more than that. I'm in fairly. Oh, and the other thing is, a beer a day does not add up to not drinking all week and then having seven in one day. Correct. That's Those not are different. It doesn't. It's like the same as like if you only slept one day a week, that wouldn't really work <laughs> for you. That's a good point. Um, yeah. No. So. So. Uh, is something. Is, that's so funny that you said that. That's such a good idea. Um, so to sleep once a week. No, 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 I, that was such a good analogy. <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think I'm fairly, on the notion of like what does the NIH consider moderate. I'm fairly certain that like the technical definition of binge drinking is more than one, more than four drinks in a sitting. That sounds right. Which is hilarious. I, I mean, the vast majority of people, at least here, and I would assume at colleges everywhere, and probably <laughs> even just adults in general, when they are sitting down to drink, consume more than four drinks in one sitting, depending on. Now, obviously, yeah. also there well, are cases where like that may happen twice a year. As opposed to like every weekend, every other day. Yeah. So, but but yeah. So, 
that's something to note in their consideration of what moderation means probably fairly few and i don't want anybody to get out of here thinking like oh well those guys say drinking is really bad i'm you know they just are lame and that's like it's fun it's 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 a fun experience you know it's it's one of those things it's like Okay, yeah, you can call it a neurotoxin, which is technically true, <laughs> but, you know, it's, I, I just think that sort of puts all sorts of negative connotations on like, well, yeah, in terms of how it affects your body, yeah, but the thing is, yeah, you, you can, can enjoy drinking. be responsible with alcohol. I do that whenever I drink. I, if I drink, do I drink? <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so so I just want to point out that <laughs> as Dave stares at me when he says the word neurotoxin, um, yeah. the reason I tend to like refer to alcohol in like its most violent, awful terms is that um, I I like I agree a hundred percent with what you guys are saying about it can be an awesome thing if used responsibly. I just think it is sometimes important to note that like, but it is a neurotoxin though. So while that's the case, just be aware that using it irresponsibly it's is It's the not most fun neurotoxin. Sure. All I meant was that using it... Using Debatable. It, Morphine's pretty great. Yeah. Using what? it responsibly can be great. Using it irresponsibly can result in some horrible. really, really awful yeah. things. That's, and that was the, that's the only reason I use words like that is that it's just sort of a reminder like it, there is nothing, there's nothing wrong with using it responsibly, but using it irresponsibly can be really bad. So Drink you responsibly. Just, only drink responsibly, and then everything will be fine. Um, and just for for perspective, you don't drink, right? I do not drink. Okay. Yeah. Never have, never will. Never got both of those. Yes. Yep. Okay. I think, uh, didn't we have another question? Yeah, we did. Jorge's all like, would you classify tequila as a light or dark liquor? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Did we? we... I kind of went and looked for it, and uh, you're probably better off using the internet for this one, because that's like a... You know, some kind of you're gonna ask an alcohol purveyor what kind of tequila he would suggest be best. I don't know. I've yeah, I would say had, that's like, kind the of cheapest a, tequila in the world. It's so. kind of a hard question to answer because I don't actually know the cutoff for like the amount of containers, those toxic byproducts that are necessary for uh, a distiller to classify something as dark rather than light. I mean, I would assume it's a spectrum. Exactly. As so. is everything else. <laughs> we'll get to that later. Um, but so yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, it's it's certainly darker than vodka. Exactly. So um, I, I would say I would put point. tequila on maybe the darker end, maybe somewhere in the middle, but little it's probably towards I mean, darker I'm a, than it's, vodka. It's like it's certainly between like scotch and vodka. Okay. Yeah. Um, there we go. So oh, I don't know. Those are pretty good. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry to be uh, less than helpful, Jorge. Yeah. Sorry about that, man. Not our fault. We're scientists, not uh, alcohol people. I don't know. Whatever. We're not Forget. alcohol. <laughs> We're not scientists either. Um, We're not literally alcohol. <laughs> like crab people. Actually, Whatever. if you drink enough you will be. and like have a high enough BAC, mm-hmm. you can literally just be alcohol. Yeah, I mean, we don't a... consider ourselves water despite the fact that we're primarily water. I consider myself water. Do you? I'm this water. Is, this that's is amazing. terrible. Are you like, you're like that superhero. I don't Superheroes. A lot of superheroes. Isn't there one that's like straight up made of water? It can be water. I don't know. Probably. I don't care. Almost what happens definitely. when he pees? Uh, he just. It doesn't. <laughs> it, it doesn't. 
And okay. there you have it. Wait, <laughs> so when um, Waterman pees, it doesn't. Just for a little bit of unscientificness, uh, you guys can feel free to tweet in, do whatever you want, answer this question as well. But uh, do you guys have like a spirit alcohol? And I'm not talking like liquors and spirits, like your spirit animals. Your <laughs> spirit alcohol. Spirit alcohol. Um, Shane would be water. So, yeah, someone's going to have yeah, to. Of course. To I mean, that's, me, but, yeah, Shane water. would be water. Um, yeah. Actually, no, you'd be some sort of like health drink. Okay, well, no, we're, we're just, it's alcohol. It's not a, like zero percent to a certain percent alcohol or a type of alcohol. And he's, okay, he's just some kind of use of water. Well, well, Zach, do you, do you have an answer? Do you, do you I, think you have a? I don't think I have spirit alcohol experience with a wide enough range of alcohol. It'd probably be something that's like decent, <laughs> some kind of beer that's like kind of a weird. Yeah, brand. you would. I, I, would I would say he's like he's relatively flavorless. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, it would be some kind of funky brand that like. What has, are you trying like, to imply? Like some some people that are familiar with it and familiar with the person who brews it, like really like it, but everyone else is like, that's kind of that's a weird beer. Why do you drink that? I don't know if I can. <laughs> that's I can actually some, like, incredibly. Weird yeah, exactly. Like, that's incredibly accurate. The people yeah. who like actually have like tried it, it's like, wow, that's that's pretty good. And the people are like, that's weird. Sure. Yeah. Why would you okay. try that? How about you? Um, let's see. That's that's an interesting question. I think I would probably be some sort of like really general kind of not very like really because yeah i'm a guy of simple tastes so like probably like captain morgan just straightforward straight just shooting not really to be your favorite which <laughs> no that is not my favorite it's not tank array is my favorite <laughs> what is that gin oh but i'm oh, just that's okay. just definitely not my spirit alcohol because i imagine like an old rich guy so you're like a pirate <laughs> is what you're I, saying? I, i'm a pirate okay um no you're not that's exciting I'm, okay fine Whatever. you need to come up with a better reason i think well, I think that about wraps up all of what we had to cover about this topic. No, but it was so wanna... fun. I don't want to stop. Uh, anyway, so if those of you listening, please go and go ahead and like our page on Facebook. Follow CR, us on Twitter. Scientifically you can speaking. send us questions, and uh, we'll hopefully get back to you. And uh, thanks for listening. CornellRadio.com. Have an awesome night. Drink oh, responsibly. <laughs>